0: As far as in that passage, I tell you, it's been wonderful, and I uh, do turn to, as Mr. Biden would say, the Book of Palms, and uh, turn to the Book of Palms, and, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't want to get started on Democrats, and so, <laughs> Lord, help us, amen, and uh, I can honestly say uh, from my heart, this meeting has helped me. And uh, I mean, God has helped me every message, and it's been convicting. It's been challenging. It's been reminding, and just uh, I just uh, I've just thank God for it. I've told Patty that God has really spoke to me, and I just very grateful. And uh, we do travel all the time, and we're always giving out. And of course, it is great to be preached to, and uh, preachers need to be preached to too. Amen. And uh, so I thank God for that. Well. Uh, Brother Nathan preached out of Psalms chapter 126, I want you to go to Psalms 127 and uh, I do want to say that it's always wonderful to be home at Bible Baptist Church, one of the greatest days of my life when the Lord allowed us to come to this ministry and to work out of this church and I thank God for the pastor. Uh, he is not only my pastor, he's my friend, and, uh, but he is my pastor, I respect him as so. And when I talk to him, I say, yes, sir, and no, sir, and, uh, because he's the man of God. And I'm amazed sometimes I go to churches, and they'll call the pastor by his first name. And they don't do that here. They don't, Bible don't do that. But I, I go to some places, and I'll kind of, I'll be careful because I'll almost correct them and say, that's brother or pastor, because uh, respect the man of God. And so uh, I thank God for my pastor and his wife and their family. And, and this church, you've been so kind and good to us. And uh, we're grateful for that. Well, Psalms chapter 127, in its context, he's talking about Solomon building the temple. But I know this may not be as mission-minded as you think, but I want to preach tonight, if the Lord would help me just for a few moments, on the ingredients of a good home. The ingredients of a good home. He said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, I preach very little in my meetings on the home. For one reason, I have never had any children. But these are biblical principles tonight. I've never been to hell, and I've never been to heaven, and I preach on them all the time, amen. So I am qualified tonight to preach the Bible. So do not say when you leave here, well, he don't have no children. I just told you I don't. But I have a call of God on my life uh, to obey God uh, and to preach what he tells me to. Amen. Now can I say first of all that there is the definition of marriage. That is one man and one woman. I do not need the Supreme Court to tell me what a marriage is. I have a King James Bible that tells me that God made Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Amen. I even have some of that nonsense in my own family. And there's probably a lot of families in here that you are affected one way or another. I will always love them, but I will never condone that. It is not of God, and it never will be. Amen. Oh, that's right. Sometimes the family don't understand, and sometimes they'll criticize, and sometimes they'll talk about you. But I'd rather be right with God then write with them. Amen. Amen. The definition of marriage. Can I say the description of marriage? Number one, it's a life of commitment. To endure the storms that rage against your marriage, against your family. And not only that, to endure, uh, we see the struggles that come between you now if you're one of those couples who say we don't ever have any disagreements you're lying amen We all do. Yes, we do. Now, can I say, I am going a lot. And so, I can honestly say, me and Patty fight very little. Amen. Uh, But honestly, when we are together, we don't. Uh, I told her before we got married, we were not going to be one of those yelling couples and throwing things in the house. Uh, We're going to act like God's people and have a good marriage. Uh, Amen. That's right. It's a life of commitment. And I say, it's a life of companionship. You ought to be happy in your marriage. Amen. I tell you what, I enjoy when I get to go home. I don't. Dread going to the house. A lot of times I'll drive all night long up from Ohio. I drove Sunday all night to get to the house. I want to see mama. Hallelujah. I've been married 36 years and I still love my wife and only my wife. I'm not interested in anybody else. Thank God for the woman that God gave me. Amen. Amen. Life of companionship. Well, can I say it's a life of completeness. You know what your spouse will do? Brother Noah, when God gives you that bride, she will be your helpmate. She will help balance you out. Now, Patty's listening, by the way, of the radio, and so I'll get it when I get home. But anyway, or radio, the internet, but anyway, <laughs> Patty loves to collect things. Uh, if it was up to her... We'd have 10 buildings on our property, and they'd be full from the ground to the top. And when you open the door, it'd knock you down. That's just the way that it is. Amen. I'm the opposite. I throw everything away. I don't like anything laying around. And so, and she'll tell me, well, now you threw that away, and now you need it, don't you? And I hate to admit it, but I, I sure could have used it, but I done threw it away. So she kind of helps balance things out. So instead of having 10 buildings, we've got one, a, a third of a garage, uh, and a walk-in closet full of junk. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, uh, God gives you a wife uh, or a, a husband uh, to help complete you. Amen. Amen. I want to give you four things or so, and I want to go to the house. Number one, building a home in a house got to be a foundation. There has to be a a leader. Can I tell you this bothers me? Going across the land, there's a lot of men that the women run their home. Oh, I may get quiet tonight, but that's all right. God Almighty set up a chain of command. It's God. It's Christ. It's man. It's woman, and then it is children. Amen. And amen. I told my wife from the beginning. I love you, and I'll take your advice, and we'll talk, and we'll talk things out. But I will always have the final say. That isn't being mean or bigoted. That's just being a Bible believer and the man being the head of the house. Amen. Oh, it's getting quiet, but that's okay. Can I tell you why, ladies, when women run the home, your boys can turn out a little bit more feminine than they need to be? I worked at a children's home. We had a 10-year-old boy come in and he carried a baby doll. You know why he carried a baby dog? Because he had a sorry daddy that left him when he was a boy who ought to be horse whipped. And the mama had to raise that boy. And he'd been around his mama his whole life. And he came in and he kept his arms close to him like a woman does when she talks. And he walked like a girl. And he talked like a girl. And you know what we did? We threw that baby dog in the trash. In about six months, he walked like a boy. He talked like a boy because he got around boys amen amen when mama runs things i know this ain't missions but it's what god told me to preach anyway can i say this we're living in a generation where children tell the parents what to do you're going to pick me up at such and such time oh is that right you're going to do this and you're going to do that I was preaching several years ago and an 80-some-year-old lady came to me and she said, Brother Barnes, you're not going to believe this. She said, my great-great-grandson had a birthday party, seven years old. And he said his mama, man, put on a good party and and we were there and she brought out their food. Here's what he said. I'm not going to eat that garbage. You go back and cook me what I want. I would have whooped him till the smoke alarm went off. You hear me, friend? I'm telling you, uh, that's nonsense, children. You teenagers, you don't have the right to tell your parents uh, what to do. Uh, You're still at the house uh, under their authority. Amen. Amen. There's got to be a leader. Number two, there's got to be a layout. There's got to be plans. We built a house four years ago this month. Hard believe been in my house almost four years already. Gave me five sets of plans. The, you know how it is. The plumber gets one. The electrician goes. Everybody gets a plan to build a house. Guess what, parents? This right here is your blueprint. To build your house. Patty's not with me a lot, but you know what? in 36 years of marriage we still by one chapter at a night have went through our King James Bible three times and we're almost on the way through the fourth time you know why because it don't matter even though I've been in church tonight when I go to the house we'll get a Bible we'll read a chapter and we'll pray together we've been doing that for 36 years I'm telling you hey parents it's all right to get a Bible and read with your children and pray with them before they go to bed let the word of God be the last thing that's on their mind uh, and on their heart amen Uh, we've gotten away from that we used to do that a whole lot more than we do now we got a blueprint we have a foundation can I say number two there's got to be favor of God he said except the Lord build the house I put the word chores or labor he talked about your labor talked about working all day long and all evening long. You know what? You can work all day long and a man ought to work. Boy, today, you can't find anybody who wants to work today. Thank God for, you ladies, thank God for men that'll work. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, God will stretch a $100 bill better than anybody. You still need the favor of God upon your home and upon your finances. You can work day and night, but if you're not tithing and you're not giving, you can't expect God to meet your need. Amen. God is able. I thought not only of the chores, I thought of our cares, our troubles, You know what God can do in your home? He can fix problems that you cannot fix. He can figure out things that you cannot figure out. There is times in your home that you've got circumstances you don't know what in the world to do. Brother Laddie, I have people everywhere I go come, would you pray for my son? Would you pray for my daughter? Would you pray for my in laws? Would you pray for my grandchildren? Because there's things that they cannot. But what did our preacher just preach on? God is able. God is able. I I tell you what has bothered me across the land. The homes, it seems like they're not interested in serving God as they once were. It seems like we're not serious about serving God as we used to be. I want you to know, friend, you young people listen to me. When you get married, uh, there's no greater joy than being in the house of God and serving God together as a family. Amen. We need the favor of God when it comes to the cares of this life. You need a favor of God when it comes to the calmness or the rest or the sleep. He talked about my beloved. He said, he giveth his beloved sleep. You know, there's a rest for the people of God. You know what happens sometimes? You lay in bed and worry. You know what they said about worry? Brother Ellis, they said 95% of what we worry about, it don't come to pass. And the 5% that does, you can't change it anyway. Why worry? Just give that to God. Amen. Let God change those things that only God can change. I'm glad that he is able. Uh, thank God. There must be a foundation. There must be favor. Except the Lord build the house, uh, they that labor, labor in vain. I don't know about you, but I want God in my house. Amen. I want God all around my house. Uh, one day Patty called me and she said, there's a lady uh, selling a vacuum cleaner and she's here and I was in town and time I got back uh, uh, Patty had her on the ground uh, and they were praying and that old gal was weeping I want God in my home like that I want the Holy Ghost uh, to be welcome in my house Uh, Amen I want God to be pleased I want the favor of God not only favor I really want to get to the last point but number three we see the fruit He said that children are a heritage. That means an inheritance. It means a gift. Brother Barker, Patty was never able to have children. We waited too long to think about adoption. About the time we got serious with that, she started being sick. And so I'll never know what it's like to have a child. I know sometimes you wish you could take yours back, but you can't. But you don't know how much of a gift you have tonight. Patty had to have a surgery many years ago. She'll never have a child. And sometimes, that was 20 years ago, sometimes I'll still hear her weep, brother Steve. She said, I'll never be a mama. You know what the Bible said? That barren womb is never satisfied. So when your kids are driving you crazy, just remember they're a gift from God. God has given you a gift. They're a heritage from the Lord. They are a possession. They, they're a gift that God thought enough of you. I wish I'll never be able to go and get my grandchild an ice cream. That'll never happen in my life. And we're okay with that. We're okay with the will of God. God always does things well. He does all things well. But I'm telling you that I have children tonight. When's the last time you got by your bed? And thank God for your children that God gave you as a gift that you may have them in your life. Amen. They're a heritage. Then they're a help. He said they're for provision. They're to help you. Can I say this? (laughs) He said they're as arrows in their youth. God help a man who would pay someone to cut his grass when he's got teenage boys in the house. God help you that you have boys sitting in the house and you're paying somebody to cut your grass. Now, I have to pay someone because I'm not, I'm not there. And Patty's not able. But if I had a teenage boy with the house, I wouldn't be paying Brother Caleb to cut my grass. Uh, he'd be cutting the grass. Amen. There was no vote on that in my house as soon as God got big enough to push a lawnmower I started cutting the grass and started we my dad didn't do that the last eight years uh, I lived at the house amen because uh, I was able to do that I know uh, I'm telling you we live in a day uh, where children uh, and even adults are lazy amen amen to take it from the doc he said if work will kill you Some of you are going to live to be 250. Amen. (laughs) What about that? He said they'd be for provision. I wonder how much you help your parents. They'd be for protection as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. You know what? There's another message in that arrows dealing with bending and and, and, and aiming those arrows and all of that. That's a different message. But he talked about uh, uh, the children are... uh, they're a fruit from God. They're a heritage. They're a help. And then they're happiness. I appreciate the sister's testimony. Because that's exactly what my point says. That your children are saved. That they're serving the Lord. Amen. That they're successful in life. That brings happiness, no doubt. We had a lady in our church there in Galilee, where I was a member there in Carolina. And... She's one of them shouting women. Now, Brother Marsh, just, she just did it. She just flat out shouted the house down. And so it was like 30 seconds before the piano started playing on, on Sunday morning. It's almost 10 o'clock. She kicked that back door open. And I mean, she let out a war hoot. And I'm not going to lie to you. It raised the hair on the back of my neck. Because it was all the way in the back. And she shouted the house down. But you know what she was happy about? That was Mother's Day, and all five of her children, their spouses, and their children were in the house of God, all in different states, and she just couldn't contain herself that God had blessed her family, and it got on her husband, and then it got on another one, and two and a half hours later, people are still testifying and bragging on God because a mama was happy that God had saved her family. I was preaching in North Carolina on an afternoon service on Sunday. I don't care if you're the Apostle Paul. You cannot raise the Baptist dead after they've done eating. It's time to go to the house. When people ask me those afternoon services, I say if I have to, I'll preach one. Because they're, they're there and they're, their eyes are going together and they're, they're in la-la land. I mean, it's over with, friend. They've done got full of fried chicken, banana pudding, and they're headed for the recliner. Amen. All I do is go in and yell as loud as I can for 15 minutes and we go to the house. Hallelujah. Amen. But this was an unusual. I was preaching that afternoon and God met with us. And this lady, young, young girl, 12 years old, come and, and got down on the altar. And her grandma came with her. And she said, Grandma, I'm going to hell and I need to be saved. She went back and got that girl's mother, her own daughter, and she pulled on her and preacher, She said, Your daughter is on the altar and she wants to be saved. And I could not believe my eyes must say, uh, That girl, that, that that daughter went like that. She said, No, you don't understand what I said. Your daughter's on the altar and she's gone to hell and she wants to be saved. And she tried to get her to come again. I'm telling you, my blood began tomorrow. How in the world could a parent not want to come and pray with a child that's lost without God? I'd jump over every pew if I had to to get down there to pray. Amen. I've been to meetings. I've seen kids get saved. The parents just stand there. You say, well, maybe it's the second one. I'd still shout the victory. Praise God. I mean, they're going to spend eternity with you in heaven. Hallelujah. Brings happiness. Number four, and I'm done. Here's what I want to get to. Here's what he said. He said, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed... But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The foes of a home tonight. You know what that word speak means? brother Chris, it means to subdue or destroy. You know what? You need to defend the gate of your home tonight. You need to defend the gate of your home. Number one, against Satan. You know what? Satan has always hated the home. He has always tried to destroy the home. He has always tried to destroy and separate the home. You better build you a wall of prayer tonight around your home. Amen. Amen. You better build you a wall of prayer about your home tonight. Can I say against not only a defending against that, but a Satan, but against the system of the world do you know what the world system tells you do not discipline your children you listen to me remember dr spock back in the 80s wrote a book on how to raise children and he didn't have any and he said you're not supposed to whip them you know what that did that raised a bunch of monsters we have today bunch of 40 year old people that are killing people and i'm telling you living like they're crazy because they never had no discipline you raise a child without discipline and you'll raise a monster oh go stand in the corner honey uh we're going to have time out time out only in my days was when we played football or basketball amen that's the only time out we had we didn't get and we got red rear end say amen right there amen they just fired you up you know what I came out okay my dad told me you ever smart off to me I'll knock all your teeth out Brother Terry I still got them praise God <laughs> hallelujah because he meant every bit of that one time he thought I was smart enough to him and Brother Stacy, he gritted his teeth and he said hey boy are you smart enough to me I said oh no sir no <laughs> <I> no <know, laughs> sir Uh, Not on your life. Amen. Uh, They don't want no discipline. They don't want no doctrine in the home. They don't want you to teach your children that God made a man and God made a woman. And there is no transgender garbage. That's a bunch of garbage uh, uh, promoted by Hollywood and politicians and ungodly people. Amen. And I'm with you on Miss Pelosi, God help that lady. God save her soul because she's a very wicked and an ungodly individual that promotes unrighteousness and unholiness. You can tell her I said so. If you can vote for that nonsense, you need to get either saved or right with God. Amen. Amen. I was preaching back in the summer, and I said something about Democrats. So this fellow waited till the last night. Nobody was in the building, but me and him and the pastor had went into the restroom. So he had walked out the door, bro, Chris. He turned around and he come back in. He said, I, I, I just need to tell you, I, I probably shouldn't, but I, I'm one of them Democrats, but I'm a conservative. And before I could answer him, he turned around and took off. The good thing about it is I get to go back next year. (laughs) And we're going to have a couple conversations. Hallelujah. Amen. Defending your home against the system of the world. Defending the gate of your home against the sin in the world. The enticement. Do not let your children hang around people that drink booze and smoke dope. And listen to rock music and country music. Amen. Because... They're going to do it. They're going to be influenced by who they hang around with. A lot of people in church innocently thought it was okay. They let their kids go be hanging around with friends. And that is where they learned a lot of bad things. Amen. The enticement of the world. The entertainment of the world. You ought to know what your children are listening to. You ought to know what they're watching. Oh, yes. I'm amazed that parents that let their children have an unbridled ability to have the Internet at 12 and 13 years old, I don't understand that. That's very ignorant to me. Maybe you can clue me in. I, I know I don't have a child and you can say all you want to But I'm telling you, that's very ignorant to me. I was in a, a meeting preaching a youth camp. And uh, this boy got up and he began and said, can I say something? And he's weeping. He was 13 years old. And he said, I'd be ashamed tonight if you saw what I've been looking at on my phone. And he was the song leader's son. And I thought, why does that boy have that ability? Shame on that daddy to give that boy that phone. That boy cannot handle that. Uh, I'm telling you, adults can't handle it, let alone a teenage boy. Amen. I know this may not be missions, but really in a way it is. Because if we don't have a home, we're not going to have no missions. You know why we got some good young people here? We got some good homes. and Thank God for you tonight. Defending against the gate, against the sin in the world, and then lastly against ourselves. Pray that we will not become unyielding to the law of God. You know what I've seen, Brother Barker, and you pastored. I pastored just a little bit in Texas many years ago. Filled in another church for about a year and a half when I worked at a children's home in Louisiana. But what is so sad is when you watch families slowly begin to change their life. And start living carnal and letting the world in. And, and, and every time, it destroys their home. Every time. They'll say, oh, no, it, it'll be okay. My, my, I can handle it. No, you can't. No, I can't. Amen. Against the, the, the unyielding of the law of God. Number two, our unfaithfulness to the Savior. Our unfaithfulness to the Scriptures. And then our unfaithfulness to our spouse. Well, I, I'm, I'm really amazed how that's really becoming rampant in the day. And even amongst preachers and excusing it. You can never excuse adultery. Never. Never. It is never right. No matter what in your life, it is never right. I thank God I can look at every man and every woman in this place tonight and tell you I've never touched another woman. I've never kissed another woman. Just my wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I made a vow to her. I made a commitment to her. I call her three and four times every day. Brother Barker, she stays home. Got a lot of health issues. I call her in the morning. I call her in the afternoon. I'll call her sometimes on the way to church, and I'll call her when I get back to the motel or the prophets' chamber, wherever I'm staying. You know what that also helps do? Accountability. Amen. I want to be faithful. To the end I don't want to I don't want to get in a mess there's at least seven preachers I used to preach for every year they're out of ministry today at least seven and you know what at one time they preached a message like this you're never too tall to fall very careful tonight I have preached it is sometimes amazing when God will let you preach on adultery and you wonder what in the world am I doing then the preacher will come up and tell you there's two or three families in the church that are having marital problems. Well, I'm glad God knows what he's doing. I'm telling you, as sure as I know my name today, God said this is the message for tonight. Would you let God help you? You might want to gather your little family and come pray. Let's stand tonight if you would. You might want to gather your little family and come pray tonight. Maybe you young people that are not married, you maybe want to come pray and God help you find the mate. And he so desires for you i love my wife i love my my marriage my home and take nothing for it would you like god help you summer coming just sing whenever you're ready brother sam the ingredients of a good home the ingredients of a good home. Maybe you need to get your family and say, you know what, we need to start a family altar. As we sing, go ahead.